Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. You know, I actually when I was telling Alan or just in general that I was thinking maybe we could talk about the uh, the psychic that we saw. Remember when we saw that yes. psychic in yes. uh, in like New Cooper's York? Union, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, the 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 performance we saw. Do you yeah. remember this, Elliot? When we saw that psychic at Cooper's Union, it had to have been like ten years ago. It was 15. like ten. No. It was like ten. Yeah, it was like 20, 2009, 2010. We yeah. went to this performance in Cooper's Union. This like Estonian psychic came in and she, you know, I obviously don't buy this bullshit. Mm-hmm. And she gave this like, you know, weird talk about like wind and whispers and crystals or whatever. I didn't pay any attention to it. But then she went into the audience and she started giving people their fortunes like to their face. And as she's like making her way through the crowd, like people are like sobbing when she's giving them like their fortunes. Cause it's like, Jesus, apparently she was nailing it. And then I, she came up to me and she looked at me and she says, I see laughter in your future. And I, I started crying. Cause I was like, how did she know this? <laughs> yeah. And then she, she turned to Elliot and she said, I see gonorrhea. I'm not kidding. <laughs> How did she know? A big pussy thing of gonorrhea. How did she know? (laughs) Oh, God. You had that that whole thing ready to go. (laughs) Oh, he planned it. He planned it with me before you got on. He planned it with me before you got on. I figured it out. out. (laughs) Wait, you don't remember that, Elliot? (laughs) I don't remember. Also, when you say Cooper's Union, you mean Cooper? Cooper Union. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, just something. We were just showing. We were just throwing out names at this point. Oh my god! (laughs) Cooper's Union. Cooper's Union. Um, Isn't that where? That's where Lincoln gave the speech, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That that free college in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Cooper Union. Is it Cooper Union? Cooper Cooper Union. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who's Cooper? An S. Yeah. Good question. (laughs) That school's for like geniuses. Yeah. Yeah. I went there. Very lucky. I went there. Yeah. Mm. Oh wow! Did you did you yeah. hate it? Yeah. Did you hate every it. second hate of it? it? And we call it Cooper's Union. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, right well, to talk, uh, I thought it'd be interesting to talk this week about an article about the rise and fall of America's lesbian bars. You have to be mm. more dramatic with the rise. You can't. You can, <laughs> this is a fucking gay podcast. You can't say rise and fall without using your voice to rise. Yeah, this, and this fall. isn't. This isn't your dissertation defense. This is <laughs> the rise and fall of. Well, I mean, obviously, like we're not lesbians, so we will not speak on behalf of lesbians. Yeah. But we have spoken in the past about how few lesbian bars there are, and we've yeah. talked other guests about it as well this one this article really pointed out how you know obviously as a result of covid um it is the the numbers have dwindled and it is so insane that by by this is before covid but by 2019 uh researchers found that uh although there were around 200 uh lesbian bars in the u.s in the 80s at least by 2019 there were only 15 um, that is crazy. It's wild. Isn't that insane? I mean, fifteen yeah. bars. Yeah, I know. And I mean, obviously, yeah, this is like fifteen bars solely devoted, and it's so strange because the trajectory is in the '80s, which is obviously a more conservative time. 
Uh, so I guess in theory, you would think like, well, you would that you would have more gay bars now because like it's more accepting. But I, I right. guess I suppose that gay people. I mean, this is this is a problem I've been dealing with myself. I mean, you know, we talked about this, but the the out bar A U Umlau T. Uh, the gay bar in my hometown has closed during COVID oh, permanently. No. Yeah. And what about the Necto? Has that survived? Necto, I think the Necto is still open, but that was only one night. They only had a gay night one night a week. Uh, and, and, and so, yeah, but it sucks. And, but there's also a certain reality, which is like, you know, with apps, with dating apps, with more social acceptance, it's possible that like, you know, you meet people at regular bars and you, you don't need the efficiency of a gay bar anymore. I think gay bars will come back. I think queer bars will, I should say queer bars will come back. Uh, to to sort of Elliot's point about lesbians bars specifically in this article, which we have to note because both Brent and I make fun of Elliot like incessantly about the websites he visits. This article came from the Smithsonian website, wow. which is incredible. <laughs> incredible. Wow. Right. Oh, good for you, That's Elliot. so great. Oh, we're so proud. Auto straddle or like <laughs> so, was board, it was board.uk.com. Backslash. A GeoCities site. A GeoCities site from like a lesbian just but, writing in the Midwest or something. But I mean, it is shocking, specifically the lack of lesbian bar. And, and one one stat in it that I thought was really interesting. So here in Los Angeles, there was there's the gay bar in the east side is Akbar, and they had a right. big GoFundMe that where they raised like two hundred some thousand dollars. I mean, a ridiculous sum of money. Right. Great amount of money to support the bar during the pandemic. There was a a, a a fundraiser, sort of a GoFundMe to to raise money for lesbian bars, specifically lesbian lesbian bars. And they raised 118,000 to be split amongst 13 bars, 13, which yeah. just shows yeah. you the dichotomy that other spaces that aren't just for gay men, you know, the, 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 what they face because people of color, women, et cetera, they make less money because the system that we work and live in is very, very um, prejudiced. And so just that number, that fundraising number shows you what a lot of these lesbian bars and other spaces that cater to more marginalized people, even within our queer community, face all the time, every day. And it's really, it's kind of jarring and shocking. And it also trickles down to the fact that uh, they said that women, you know, have less disposable income, obviously, you know, (laughs) referring pay gap. But they said that lesbian bars typically don't ask for cover charge or provide bottle service, yet they, yeah. they pay the same increasingly high rents as gay bars and straight bars, which means, I mean, that's, I, I would never have stopped to actually think of that, that they don't charge yeah. cover because, because their, 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 their clients have less money. Pay. Exactly. But I, uh, so I also think, this is my guess, I think the uh, compounding the problem is uh, because like, look, bars can exist and there's bars for rich people and poor people that do, that do just fine. Uh, there's bars that don't, don't, don't charge cover charges. And it's, they, 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 they manage to make a, a successful living for the owners of the bar. But I would bet that lesbian bars tend to be in nicer areas. Uh, like gay neighborhoods tend to be nicer areas and they tend to be gentrified and, and more expensive mm-hmm. uh, for rent. So I, I guess I would guess like, you know, when they talk about rents going up, they're talking about rents going up in areas where there are generally gay bars. Yeah. Um, and but but that kind of begs the question because it reminds me of there was a there was a lesbian bar that did close I think in 2019 in Michigan, 
Uh, I think it closed before the pandemic, but either way, it was around for like a decade or two, at least it was called Stilettos. And it was in, it was, I would say it was in a pretty comfortably rough part of town. And, uh, and so I, I remember going with friends and like, they were like, you valet when you go, <laughs> yeah. you don't, you don't want to be walking around this part of, I mean, it's on a, a suburb of Detroit, but it's a relatively rough suburb. In St. Louis. Um, and and I, I checked before we started recording just to make sure it was still there. And it is, thank God. Uh, but when I was a kid, the, the, we had two spaces, queer spaces, like coffee houses that we could go to, right? There was one in Central West End that closed. Um, and then there was another one just kind of down the street near Tower, Gro- Tower Grove Park called Mokabees. And it was like this coffee shop, this lesbian owned coffee shop. And they had the, they would always sort of hire queer people or people who were sort of non-binary or, and you would always, it was a really inclusive space where we mm-hmm. could go and sort of spend hours reading or doing whatever, talking, like drinking coffee, et cetera. And it was like a really nice affirming space to have. And for me, even though lesbian bars, there should be just as many lesbian bars as there are other bars out there for queer people. I do kind of love that like my first memory is this like really affirming lesbian queer space that like sort of set the tone for like my own queer identity in a way. Mm -hmm. It sort of gave me my roots in queerness in a way, which I really kind of love. Did you guys ever go, were you in New York for a um, big cup? No big cup. No, it was like this big, like, like gay queer, but I think mostly gay, like coffee shop in Chelsea. That was like the set of friends basically. And my friend started bringing me in college when I like, right after I came out and I was, yeah, it was, you know, scary for me, but I mean, in retrospect, I'm sure it was (laughs) as nice as the ones you went to. Is it a Starbucks now? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I remember one of my, one of my, cause I love coffee shop shops. I love going and like hanging out for hours. It's like my favorite. And gay bars should just shift to that. They should. They should. Well, booze in the coffee, but yes, they should. And, uh, and, and lines of Coke in the bathroom. But, um, Uh, but I, one of my rude awakenings of moving to New York was learning that like those coffee shops simply do not exist in New York because it's the space is such a premium. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and they do not want you to stay, including Starbucks. Like, Mm -hmm. like in Starbucks in my hometown, like you can find nice comfy chairs and fireplaces, not in New York. They have, they have like chairs with like spikes in them and shit. (laughs) You you would have loved Big Cup because it was really big and there was all this like mismatched, it was Friends, it was was, like Central Perk basically, like big, you know, uh, cushy couches and all different mismatched Mm -hmm. furniture where people would go and sit for hours. I mean, I have to admit that I would go and like be terrified because remember specifically like every time you walk through the door somebody walks through the door everyone would stop and turn and i would have like a full-blown heart attack well to, uh, to, yeah. to be fair though you're terrified whenever a door opens so like <laughs> yeah he's terrified you of know doors. i don't know about that <laughs> wait before we end i just want to yeah. add to that if you are interested in following um the it was the 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 project that um, Alan mentioned is called the Lesbian Bar Project that was started by two Brooklyn filmmakers, Erica Rose and Alina Street. And so they basically raised, at least as in terms of, uh, by the time this article came out, they raised $118,000 for 13 bars nationwide. Which is great. So, which is great. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you want to donate, look up Lesbian Bar Project. Mm-hmm. And that's my PSA for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Not even joking. George Severus and Sam Taggart are the co-hosts of Stradio Lab, one of my new favorite podcasts. 
and our guests today. Hi, guys. I love it. Hello. How are you? Oh, oh, doing you incredible. Know. Yeah, <laughs> life is so good right now, right? When life is Not so a good. single complaint. We just had an enjoyable journey of um, us mispronouncing you guys as both of your last I'm names. Sorry, which I'm I, sorry. Without, I wasn't counting. I wasn't calling you out, Ellie. I said all of us were doing it. Just to... <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, people usually only mispronounce my name, so it's inclusive that you would also mispronounce Sam's. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm not one of those people that's offended by that. I, good. I mean, it, to me, it's how it would be psycho if you just intrinsically knew how to say my name you've never right. said it you've never heard it right. i just read i think I'm i feel not... like i've had like a digital relationship with you over all this time yeah we've never i don't know if we've ever but... actually met irl but i feel like we've had had a digital relationship you haven't met on zoom yeah. you haven't met on zoom yet no zoom not on zoom but hey, you guys we were talked on the phone one we time did talk on the phone that's, once. A... that's right <laughs> now you guys are why did you guys talk on the phone we were discussing oh it's a, business a baby. project business oh. the industry mm-hmm. <laughs> oh sure sure I was selling him some T-shirts I had. Oh, <laughs> so that, that's my business, baby. I re- also, I remember very f- full well that I was uh, talking to you on the phone at Magnolia Bakery. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. Out here in LA. Taking my or business wait, call. Yeah, taking one? a business call here in LA at a uh, at a bakery. Oh, at a bakery. Wow. Appropriate. God, to be taking a business call at a bakery. I know, so luxurious. Early 2020 dreams. <laughs> Early. All mm. I want, all I want when this is over is to take a business call at Magnolia Bakery. Yeah. <laughs> oh, glamour. Get that banana pudding while you're just taking the, the call. I can't today. I have the banana pudding. Oh, it's so good. It's the best. It is those delicious. Pe- you know, I got are- a tub of it for, think, part of our Thanksgiving was oh. that we got a tub of the banana Good pudding. for you. Oh. They just sell in tubs. Good nice. for you. That's a good way to go. I think they do like they, they've they started obviously branching off into doing like variations on the b- vanilla mm-hmm. pudding. And mm. honestly, the ones that I've had have all been excellent. Okay. Um, I will say their, their cupcakes are very overrated. Right. Uh, really? Very chalky. Yeah, they're mm. very chalky. I don't, I mm. like everything there except the cupcakes. You're sounding Ellie, like your well, mother, they were Ellie. Really that since day one. Cupcake. Yeah movement like it was before cupcakes became yeah it was the they, they were the, they tipped off the i mean that they were the sort mm-hmm. of uh uh the the they were the the needle movement of there the was this era. one bakery in new york when i lived in new york and i haven't lived there since 2012 but that on it had banana cake and it was on the far west side like on 10th street billy's billy's billy's, billy's bakery <laughs> so good sure. well guess what there's a little there's a there's some controversy there because billy himself was a baker at Magnolia. And oh, I knew there was a connection. Rose. I knew yes. there was a connection. Yeah. yeah. So you can imagine. Fascinating. That's intense. Well, that has nothing to do with our guest today. You guys <laughs> talk about straight culture in your podcast, which is like obsessive. I mean, I had so much I fun. I love it. Oh my God, it's so funny. I had so much fun doing a deep dive into you guys, but also like <laughs> thinking about the things and the, just the, the random things that are just so authentically straight in culture that we don't even think about half the time. That's it's, what's so brilliant about the podcast is you're finding things in the ether that, like Alan said, that you we gay or maybe even, well, no, mostly gay or queer or whatever, like we just don't think about so many of the things that you guys talk about. And mm-hmm. even the expl- even the titles of the, po- of the podcast episodes alone literally make me laugh out loud. They're so funny. <laughs> Thank you. It is like it's very fun to talk to guests because we usually like we have a list. We have like a master list of things we suggest, but also usually guests bring in their own things. And it's funny to see the the things people like have been wanting to do. Like, who was it? 
I think it was Bo- Bowen immediately. We were like, do you have any idea? And he just goes, well, lakes. Lakes. <laughs> As though it was like the most lakes. obvious mm-hmm. straight yeah, topic. He'd clearly been thinking about it for like years that this is the straight thing for him. It is true. <laughs> lakes like, oh, are very straight. I mean, it's like a it's thing true. about saying like, I'm going to the lake. I mean, I'm from Missouri mm-hmm. originally. Right. And the idea well, of going to the lake into, is I a think... very straight thing. Yeah. Change because and bodies of water. We went into the like. <laughs> Rivers are are gay because there's like movement, but lakes are straight because they're enclosed. But also, like you, but also when you like, think about it, like if you stop and think about where you, where gay people hang out or where queer people hang out, they're gonna hang out at a beach. They're mm-hmm. gonna hang out maybe like in Austin, they hang out on like rivers and stuff, maybe lakes. But I really think about you know you think about lakes and it's just very, it is very, it's very hetero. Yeah. Well, it's the family, you know, you always have someone has a lake house and it's always a family that has a lake house. It's where the bodies are buried, straight people. (laughs) There is also something sinister about it, like a murder happens at a lake (laughs) rather than at the beach. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going through and like, I'm just looking at some of the titles and they're so funny. Joe Firestone, you guys talked about the Entourage season finale, series finale. That was all Joe. (laughs) You talked about, (laughs) you talked about (laughs) the Beatles with Eudora Peterson, Lakes with mm-hmm. Bowen, I, I mean, uh, uh, game shows with Ike, Ike Ufomadu. And I just, you know, it's just, it's perfect. And so we came up with some stuff that we thought yeah. we wanted to throw at you today in terms of straight culture. Oh my God. Ooh, and I, hopefully, I don't think, I checked, but I don't think any of these will have any, um, you know, some overlap. That's what I wanted to avoid. Yeah. But um, if it's okay, we could just start digging, digging right in. Yeah. Please. Let's Let's do it. It. All right. So, uh, I'll throw one at you, um, SantaCon. Oh, I mean, kind of classically, like douchey, fratty, mm-hmm. like number yeah. one straight event, which Almost is predictable. weird. Almost predictable. There's whimsy to it. That, you there's know, a like, pageantry to it that's very gay. There's a pageantry, yeah. right? It's what I. It's what we call, and we didn't coin this, but it's straight <laughs> camp. Like it is. It's it, it, which is very different than straight gay camp. camp. It is. It really is straight camp. But then the other thing with SantaCon is I think it's one of these things that kind of has the aesthetics of something with meaning, but without the actual meaning. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, oh, people are congregating. They all vaguely believe in the same, you know, they're there for the same reason, but they're not there supporting a political cause. They're not there because it's, they're literally there because they are, because of the concept of Santa. They're there because of Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. It's like at least pride, as much as you can say whatever you want about pride, it's at least it has roots in something that has substance. Well, I think what makes what also makes it inherently straight is that it's like inherently childish. Like it's like Mm. there's something childish about it. Like you're talking about Santa Mm -hmm. Claus, you know, but you're combining it with like beer. And I think also as a straight as a as a queer person, I'm always very wary of any part of straight culture even remotely revolving around women being like assaulted. You know, mm-hmm. I'm always in fear of sure. women being assaulted. And SantaCon has that, has those vibes to it where I just get nervous. It also has this mm-hmm. quality of like no group of gay men would actively try to like present themselves as anything other than being a skinny person. So like right. saying that you're a fat mm-hmm. Santa, right. not gay. It's not gay. It's not popular with the gays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I never, I guess that's, that's, a, good a, that's a good point. I never Another that, thing like that. that we talked about, like that, <laughs> that the, in our point. list, Elliot, Elliot had a similar thing. I think Queer Eye and Anthony from Queer Eye, but Queer Eye as a show, as a brand 
it's is so straight. authentically straight. It's so straight. Yes, 100%. I think that's like, that's been on our list yes. forever. In fact, we've done an episode about pride as yes. a straight topic, mm. which is related to this. But yes, I mean, yeah, well, because it's, is, it's presentationally, it is helping straight people. Yeah. 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 And it's like a turning ourselves into just a product for them to consume. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've always, I think, especially since the new reboot of Queer Eye, I've had friends who have said they love, yeah, they, they like, they'll talk about the show so endearingly. Yeah. Then I will Always say, to gay people. Always, always to gay but that's, people. But that, then at some point I'll say, you know, still with warmth, I'll be like, yeah, I mean, to me, it's just like, it's still kind of weird that there's just like five men who serve mm -hmm. different purposes and each of them have one gay skill, like a predictably gay skill. <laughs> right. That's usually right. when the right. person just stops talking. Well, you're making them into the fairies from Sleeping Beauty. That's yeah. it. Very it. <laughs> They're literally the fairies from Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. It's like, this is empowering. Oh, it's so depressing. <laughs> I also think Bernie Sanders is for straight people. Now, not in a political I sense. Disagree. The, I disagree. In the reaction, in the reaction oh. to how people love Bernie Sanders and, and his followers, mm. I think that is authentically a very straight thing in the way people love him. Not his, nothing about his politics. No, of course, of course. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I'm just going off of that. I want to attempt to, on the spot, think of verse. I, I do think if there is one way you could make it queer, it's that there's a certain kind of diva worship with Bernie. Yeah, yes. true. <laughs> like, true. truly, it's like the way people. Talk. Remember when like that bird landed on his head yeah. and people were like, "Bird, oh yeah. God!" Yeah. The bird was just too like, much. People are very into finding like iconic moments with Bernie in a way they're not with like John Kerry. But Carey. it's similar to SantaCon <laughs> in that the reaction to the bird was all these straight people freaking out about mm -hmm. the bird and thus mm -hmm. it is almost straight camp. Mm. <laughs> sure, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. um, right. I'll, oh, go ahead, Brian. I was, I was gonna say, I, I have one. I feel like the state of South Carolina it's mm -hmm. just like a very yeah. like yes. heterosexual state, yes. right? Wouldn't you say so? Uh, yeah, it's it's like a country club. It's like a when the frat parties dress up. Exactly. That's uh, yeah. That's where where they want to be. Yeah, yeah. That, that it's that is pageantry, but mm -hmm. straight pageantry. Yeah. I also think of yes. like Myrtle Beach, and it makes me think of like fupas in khakis. Yeah, it know? makes me think of the Clintons. I don't know why, but I think of like the Clintons <laughs> vacationing there before they were president. The Clintons is a, is a weird border case where you're like, is this straight or not? Because it's on the, it, it can be either. I feel like the Clintons as the, the kind of mythology around the Clintons is almost queer in a way. Yeah, the, the, them, the shadowy crime whispers right. are Right, like the dynasty. Queer. But just the very yeah. fact that you had like a powerful woman and a man who likes to use objects in sexual play is very gay. Mm, yes. Very mm. gay. Very gay. Mm. Very gay. <laughs> See, I, think, point, I, think, yeah. I think of Bill as being more straight like not really having gay appeal, whereas Hillary very much does. Oh yeah, Hillary's yeah. very gay. Sure, of course. I mean, who could forget <laughs> something maybe you, I, if this is this feels very like something you guys would make fun of, but in 20, I guess, uh, I guess 20, no, it wasn't 2016. Maybe it was in 2008. Um, someone had made tanks that said I'd bought oh, them yes. for Hillary. Yes, yeah. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. Oh my God. I <laughs> hate that. So uncomfortable. I, I was yeah. actually, when 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 I, when we, I was looking up stuff, I, the first thing I thought of, that of, of straight culture to me, is every single straight person tells me I need to watch one of three shows. The Wire, <laughs> Friday mm -hmm. Night Lights, yeah. and, and, oh God, what was it? And Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, Breaking oh, Bad. Those three shows, only straight people tell me to watch. 
Thus, they are straight shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also will add to that list. Uh, I had some shows. Uh, 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 sorry. Um, billions. I'm like, billions. what, what mm, is yeah. Billions? And also, yeah, I think it's called, is it Yellowstone? <laughs> Kevin Costner? Oh, sure, oh, sure, sure. Is sure. that a Spectrum original? <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Well, there's also like, there's the one, there's Ozark. Right? Ozark. <laughs> Ozark. But right. that has Laura and Linney. And there's also and the one gay. with like the giant ship on Netflix. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. The giant ship? It's giant like, ship. wait, oh, giant ship? There's like a family. On a boat. Maybe, it's it's the one that isn't Ozark. No. <laughs> Okay, well, if Laura Linney is not in it, And it's with the guy from care. Friday Night Lights. Oh, I know. Uh, oh, burn. Uh, what? Blood, 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 blood. Yes, yes. Yeah, Bloodline. Bloodline. <laughs> Bloodline. Uh, oh, yes. I mean, whenever you have a family man who is trouble, yes. that's that's kind of the, the straight It uh, It is. It really core. is. Every Christmas movie. Although now, in yeah. retrospect, you know, at the time, I did not feel, I mean, I wasn't even fully out, I guess, but at the time, like, American Beauty felt very, I'm not sure what it, it felt like, but now in retrospect, mm. despite its being Kevin, right. Kevin Spacey yeah. playing a non-closeted straight man hit on by a closeted Right, right, yeah. Very hetero, very hetero. Ellie, don't ruin the ending. Don't ruin the ending. (laughs) It seems very gay. That's the one problematic thing about that movie is that uh, is that the guy's closet. It's wild, (laughs) fucking wild. Uh, Brent, do you have any you want to add? Well, I was just I was just gonna say about American Beauty. Like, do you remember when that movie came out? It was I was in high school and it was the perfect time because it was like the perfect movie as a high schooler to be like really like moody about Deep, like yeah it's yeah. so good <laughs> yes and like I, I had no idea what anything was in it was about i was just like it's so good did you see you know at the end he kills him it's crazy good <laughs> and the plastic bag oh my god i god. mean metaphor right. suddenly english class makes sense right there was <laughs> yeah. some um, joke on some show recently about them being like can you believe they had that in american beauty and someone responded like i know the incest or something something ridiculous and they were like no the bag i mean the they bag. were so environmentally <laughs> not conscious amazing yeah it should have been compostable yeah. <laughs> uh, i do have one what about like wing stop which i wing think stop. is a it's a pizza yes. hut offshoot it's just wings they're they are mm. terrible that is a straight um, place that is where hate yeah. crimes happen wing mm-hmm. stop right that is like <laughs> a level of straight that i don't think i've even interacted with with my straight Ever? relatives straight right. friends. there is a wing stop That's at like... the brooklyn um atlantic terminal yes there's there an, is. yeah there's an atlantic terminal every time i would go to the target there i would think about going and i think i even went once and i was like this isn't for me Wait, yeah. <laughs> that's not Wingstop. That's that's Buffalo. It's another. Sp- they're all the yes. same. They're all the same. All, yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings is is what I think. Super of. Yes. straight. Yeah. Whereas if yes, we're gonna talk straight. about like if we're going to talk about like uh uh, uh you know franchised restaurants, I would I, I would very much say that the Outback is has queer has is very oh. queer adjacent. Well, yes. yes, Outback Steakhouse. I mean, just the name alone. Right. <laughs> well, they also have a Bloomin' Onion, which let's be real, that's an asshole. Right, right, right. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, that's a dog yeah. whistle. <laughs> Did you say that's a dog whistle? <laughs> dog Hilarious. <laughs> that is so good. Um, all right, I'm, uh, let's keep going. Uh, I will say that these are, this is a very, very, this is probably the straightest thing in my list. Sketchers. Oh yeah. yeah. Can you imagine a single queer person, male, female, trans, mm-hmm. pan, wearing sketchers, shape ups, or even 
shape ups, even with the camp appeal of shape ups, I, I would wear the shape ups. Ever worn Skechers. <laughs> The shape ups is interesting because it, it really does have such camp appeal, but it's not enough to make fu- to make up no, for it. No, it's I not. had a similar I had a similar reaction because I always noticed that my straight male friends, although I think I've seen Brent wear these shoes before, wear mm. New Balance sh- tennis shoes. I think that's a very straight male shoe, similar to Skechers, but that's older men. No, no not to Skechers. burst not to burst your bubble. I wear Nikes, Alan. Nikes. Oh, I wear wow. Nikes. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean the brand you. I just want to correct the record there. Yeah. I feel like New Balance is very like that blog stuff white people like. Yes. like New Balance. Yes. <laughs> but always in an irreverent color to give that straight person yeah. a little bit of flair. Mm. Also, there is you some, know? there is something, there is some sort of correlation between New Balance and like the alt-right, I think. Is there? I mean, so, oh yeah. I remember there are they thing. always like, oh my god, yes. Because do you remember when people were burning their yes. New Balance? Yes. There was a thing that they were anti-gay or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how dare you or even suggest the- Brent wear them? <laughs> it's actually probably. I'm gonna go run on out and buy a now, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> now, I'm gonna move into a different, a little bit of a different category here. I'm curious. I don't think you guys have talked about um, dog breeds on your podcast yet. Mm. <laughs> oh, haven't. haven't. Okay, so I think the the uh, the predictable choice for a straight dog would be the golden retriever. Yes. But I'm actually yes. going to take a step further and go, I think the Labradoodle is wildly straight. I agree. Mm. Oh, I agree. Well, it's straight mm. and it's upper class. Yes. It's very mm. urban. It's the white picket fence. It's yes. them being tongue in cheek too. Again, it's like, the, it's like the irreverent color of the New Balance. It's like, can you believe it? It's a Labradoodle. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It is like the, it's the funniest thing they can think of as a Labradoodle. Yes, yeah. it is, yes it's the most whimsical. <laughs> the like, practicality Early hair. <laughs> the practicality mm. of the non-shedding. Yeah. I think they will always like, let you well, know. I'm, I'm busy. They will always yeah. let you know it's hypoallergenic. You know <laughs> it's going to be great for your kids. It's so funny because I'm visiting my, my family right now and we drove by a Labradoodle the other day and my mom goes, you know they don't shed. And... <laughs> And I was like, I, I did not know that, but I do know now. And obviously it came up four days later. Here we are. They are absolutely addicted. Whenever I'm in like my parents' town, people, there are Labradors, Labradoodles walking all over the streets. Mm-hmm. People yes. are like, right. Oh, right. everyone is still like, oh my God, is that a Labradoodle? And it's like, <laughs> yes, you have one. Everyone here has one. It is not rare anymore. Yes. When will mm-hmm. this become boring standard? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay, one more thing. I think if we can squeeze in one more thing, I would have to say uh, the American flag. God love you. I, I'm 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 as patriotic as he's a patriot. We're we're all patriots here. But there is something so straight about yes. wearing the American flag on apparel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it almost feels I mean, like an assault in a certain way. Well, you, yes. I mean, yeah. In it's some a very ways, it represents that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think like there is the way to the queer it. I think if you were to wear like a slutty little crop top yeah, with an yes, American flag, sure. you would absolutely be sending those politicians a huge <laughs> message. <laughs> but it's just know. a small way we can all resist. It's a small way we can all kind yes. of like, you know, stick it to the man. But the what the worst is the American flag board short. Yes, that to me yes. is mm. violence. That is yeah. like anti-gay. That is like fourth of july but for the wrong reason it's yeah. weird the same reaction that like elliot has to the american flag i actually have to the rainbow flag just in an aesthetic way i can't mm. stand rainbows <laughs> anytime a rainbow comes yeah. my way i'm just like get the the fuck away. it's the most practical predictable thing 
mm. for a gay person to wear, and that's how you become basic, See, in my opinion. For the straight, for the sometimes people will have like a rainbow flag in their bedroom, yes. and I'm like, who are you Who's trying to? Who are you? Yeah. You're already what in your you bedroom. A sophomore in college, like chill <laughs> yeah, out. It's like out. bringing someone home, like, well, this is a no. safe. Right, you could have spent right. that money donating it to like you know a trans cause or something. Right. I, I grew up next to like very. Um, Catholic neighbors in New York and Long Island. They were very Catholic almost, but they were, even for Long Island, they were kind of like country bumpkins. They were, mm -hmm. it made no sense, but yeah. it wasn't until I was like much older or even maybe even an adult that my mom pointed out, she's like, did you ever notice that Marie only wears red, white, and blue? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with her? What do you know? <laughs> and it's true. This lady on, only wore red, white, and blue. Like. That's you are wild. mental. Yeah. That is you really are sad. mental. <laughs> that's an illness. Yeah, that's intense. <laughs> I do the, the the flag imagery. You don't. My parents are um, don't live in America anymore, and we uh, we briefly lived here when I was younger. But I remember when we first moved to America, one thing that was so jarring for all of us was that pizza boxes had American flags mm. on them. Mm. Like you would order pizza, and the box would say "God bless America" yeah. with a flag. Yeah, yeah, on. yeah. I guess it was also like post 9-11, so there was, you know, a, a rise in, in patriotism. Mm -hmm. But it was just one of those things where you're like, what is going on? Yeah, when you step back and think about it, it, it is sort of a, something about it can feel um, eerie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or like the fact that we sing the national anthem before every sporting yes. event. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's a little yeah. odd. But George, have you forgotten about 9-11? Uh, have you forgotten what happened? <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. And listen, and who's to say if I would have forgotten about it if I hadn't been forced to sing it for every sporting event in the, right. over the last 21 years? <laughs> and oh, eat funny. pizza. Mm, yes, delicious, exactly. patriotic, cheesy pizza. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being here. I'm so glad we got to go through the list. I was dying to do it. Yeah. Um, and I had plenty to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, but now where can people find you guys yeah. um, online aside from the podcast? Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Yes. I'm um, uh, at Sam T. Taggart and also on Instagram, but that one's just at Sam Taggart. Ooh. <laughs> because and I like I'm at George Severus on both platforms. Well, look, uh, I couldn't get had to streamline Sam. it. <laughs> my my socials are all messed up. Of course, um, I couldn't get just Sam. Oh, Taggart. and we also we recently created socials for oh, the good. podcast, which is why we have no followers. So please. Follow, follow us at Adst Radio Lab on all platforms <laughs> and listen to the pod. Please, please do. We love it. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank yeah, you. Thank guys. you. Thank you. Stay guys. straight. <laughs> <laughs>
self or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, or, or whatever. It was like, it was usually straight men, sometimes really surly straight men mm -hmm. who just wanted to get work as actors. So they would like, hey, what's and if they were surly, like, really like, like a, like a, like, like a pirates, like, like a, yeah. <laughs> like sassy, you know what I mean? Oh, like don't a, do yeah. hat. Male uh -huh, sassy. Uh -huh. I mean, you made surly yeah. really gay with that, but yeah, male sassy is just like, uh, or, or surly is like, yeah, just like what you yeah. would expect, like a, a fisherman being like, right, know? right, right. A fisherman? Um, yeah, you know, fisherman. Like, <laughs> a fisherman. Yeah, I worked on, I worked, Kathy Bates is a told fisherman. Told you guys maybe. this. I worked on a fishing boat for eight years uh, <laughs> before I moved to New York. Uh, but anyway, I just thought uh, there were a couple that really kind of stuck out. Um, there was one guy named Neil Burgess. He was born in the 1850s in Boston, specialized in playing elderly widows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was the Dame Edna of his day. Which, which just made me laugh that like, he was specifically like, here's what, here's what lonely old women are like. And everyone's like, this guy's brilliant. Yeah. It's so weird. Very Milton Berle. Yeah, very right. Milton very Milton Berle. Very yeah. Milton Berle. Um, uh, I saw, wait, uh, Let's see, what was I saying? Oh yeah, but he was like, he wasn't like a drag performer. He wasn't like lip syncing to Madonna. He was an actor playing female roles. Yeah. Oh my God, I just, it, sorry. I just Googled a picture of him. He's terrifying in drag. He's terrifying in drag. Whoa. There's an article I found Elliot's actually looking telling. about me in drag. That's yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. This, this article is very telling of the times. It quotes, it's, it's quoted as saying um, that Neil Burgess is quote, a white man who gives more photographic interpretation of femininity than the average woman. So wow. like, even like even, even white that, men yeah. were better at being women than women, apparently, wow. according yeah. to this, this author. Uh, so that one was kind of fun. I wonder and why they one, said his race. That's so interesting. Uh, maybe I added that. No, I, no, I, no, I did. Oh, no, I, yeah. I, I think because white men also played a lot of black people in oh, okay. films as well. Yeah. Um, but the other one, we won't get into that, Alan. Uh, the other one was Brigham Young's son, yes. Brigham Morris Young. Yeah, this is yeah. insane. Alan, yeah, I, do you know anything about this? I do know it well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually not as insane. And a lot of these, I, I the, the sort of like lover of like queer history in me sort of always wants to like preface this. Sure. A lot of this by saying, this wasn't necessarily radical statements of queerness, their drag. Right. And it wasn't necessarily affirming all the time either. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we want to look back and be like, how could they do this? Which is great. Like, it's, it's great that they did it. But there's also like, like, for example, um, the BM, BM uh, Young, I think is. BM. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, BM Young, he was, he did it often. And it was sort of almost like, like watching a magician. That's how they looked at mm -hmm. it. It wasn't. It wasn't sort of like, oh, he's he's because we didn't have the language for queerness that we have yeah. now. You know what I mean? Like the word gay didn't even come about until the twentieth century. So like, mm -hmm. it, was this well known among Mormons? Well, it was also also another thing when you say like Brigham Young's son, he had so many children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So like, literally, it was just like the it was like the mailman. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah, like someone right. he kind of maybe knew, but not really. Like it wasn't. <laughs> right. It wasn't like it was right. like oh my son, my heart. Like it wasn't that. And right. so it it was accepted by Mormons. It was he was an active part of the Mormon community, and and it was sort of almost like a. It was performative. It was acting. Yeah. It was a thing that you could watch, and it was just like whoa, he can do this, and he's wearing that, and wow, you know what I mean? And it wasn't I queer. 
I was I was gonna say I mean, that's that's a that's a perfect encapsulation. But I was gonna say like I, I try to I guess elude this in my pre in my pre ramble, mm-hmm. but like yeah, I, I'm not suggesting that these people are gay or representing like any sort of like mixed sexuality or gender fluidity or anything. It was just like, th- this is how they managed to make money. But still, but I do think it's was, interesting. Yeah. The, but the, no, but it is interesting because there is a gay, there is a queer sort of trope that's a part of it. And BM Young is such an interesting part of it because BM Young, when he wasn't performing was a streetcar um, operator. And streetcar right. streetcar operators historically within queer within queer narratives, especially gay male narratives, often are seen as sort of where gay men would go to hook up. They would hook up with streetcar operators, or that the streetcar operators would be the sort of access to knowing where the gay men were. And Walt Walt Whitman talked a lot about his his longtime lover was a streetcar operator. And so like mm-hmm. streetcar operators often played that role as sort of like the guy in the in the in the woods who knows everyone where you can hook up with. And BM Young played that role as well. So there's no evidence that he was gay or it did anything homosexual. But at that time it is telling that definitely he was a lot a of correlation. De- definitely a lot of correlations. Yeah. I and, I learned that oh sorry Alan go ahead. Go ahead. Well I was just gonna say another one sort of weird uh interesting caveat to this as well just in terms of gay history. Like a lot of times gay bars couldn't exist because of obvious reasons. And so they would exist because, especially in the 20th century here in Los Angeles, a lot of the early gay bars started because they were cabaret bars. So they would have men who would dress up in drag who didn't really care about drag or wanted to do drag, but because they could perform and gay men could then all gather together to be together, they would mm-hmm. have these drag bars basically where there would be these cabaret bars and there'd be these drag performances. And it was really only a, a a cover so the city wouldn't shut yeah. them down. A, and a that's really how gay bars started in a lot of ways. That's really interesting. I also, but I also read that same thing about <laughs> streetcar operators. And I was like, how funny is it that like 120 years ago, everyone's like, you know, you're an old, you're an old streetcar operator. This guy over here, he's, he's got his pussy hanging out and he's a streetcar operator. I just thought it was so like now, nowadays it's like, oh, you know, like a cashier at Aeropostal, I would assume would be gay, you know? <laughs> Back then it was like a streetcar operator. I, and I'm, yeah. I, my great grandfather was actually a streetcar operator. Oh my Wait, really? God. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? I'm serious. Wow. I mean, no in surprise there. <laughs> I wonder if it was different in New operator. York City. I wonder if it was different in New York City because like in a lot of these places, especially these remote places, like how BM Young would be a streetcar operator in a place where he would come across a couple hundred people, not thousands of people like your grandpa. Right. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I'm just I'm staring at this picture of Neil Burgess and I realize exactly who he looks like. He looks exactly like Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> And also, it turns out he also did blackface, so... (laughs) Oh, God. Check, check. What would your your aunt aunt say? say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? Brigham Morris Young is rolling in his grave, hearing you describe him as B.M. Young. (laughs) That's all I could hear was B.M., B.M., B.M. Right, my aunt Joanne would say, yeah, your, your great-grandfather drove a trolley. And by the way, he probably was gay. And we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> How about Aunt Anne? Uh, my Aunt Anne would say, you know, I'm not surprised that streetcar operators were homosexuals. I mean, how many homosexuals have you heard saying, clang, 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 went the trolley? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a really good point. 
Very true. <laughs> oh my God. Man. Thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Aunt Anne. <laughs> and I'm H. Allen Scott.